because, of course, we're on the, the big three center stage, Biden, Warren, and Bernie, or as they are known to their hips, snap, crackle, and pop. That's pretty fun. That's a good joke. Combined age of 227, which does not seem possible, with three people. Checking the math, and you're correct. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible. I did the Oof. same thing when I heard that. I thought, well, that's an exaggerate. No, it's not. Wait a minute. It's not an exaggeration. And uh, so yeah. I believe that the race is now a referendum on Joe Biden's mental abilities. If he, if he is with it enough, he wins. If he's not, the race is wide open. And the other candidates are now in the business of trying to convince us that he's not mentally with it this will be exciting and regrettable (laughs) and so a couple of his long rambling answers from thursday night uh, got a lot of attention well he had a long rambling story uh, a couple of years ago that's making the rounds we'll play that for you later this hour it's pretty entertaining it's called the corn pop story stay tuned for that if you're into the whole news thing you've probably heard about the uh, the new book out by a couple of new york times reporters who adapted the book for an extended piece in the New York Times, which, as Jack pointed out earlier, is significantly in the opinion section. How odd. Not it's, This isn't a news story. This is an opinion piece from the authors of the book. It's a book about Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court Justice, being a little rapey and penis-waggy, but not rape, just a... Just out of control partier and some sexual stuff and read, treating women poorly at parties. That's a, but it is so thinly sourced. It's amazing by modern standards. And they run this big piece in the New York Times. They publicize it out on the social media. It's the talk of the town for days. And it took Molly Hemingway of the Federalist, who we talked to for an extended Armstrong and Getty Extra Long podcast. About About her new Kavanaugh book that the New York Times, I don't even think, reviewed. No, even though it's a bestseller. Hmm. But she went through the entire book, this new book, and found at the very end of the book, a friend, her close friend who's quoted, saying, it just didn't make any sense. I don't have any confidence in the story. And they left out of the original story the quote from the alleged victim of the, they're at a party and somebody, Kavanaugh dropped his pants and somebody shook his penis at her, whatever that means. They left out of the, the article. I guess you'd kind of be throwing it at someone. I don't. <laughs> Number one, how long is the damn thing? And or who was standing where? I need a chart. But anyway, so that's the horrifying allegation that drunkenly at a party, he dropped his pants and somebody said, hey, you want some of this or whatever? And everybody laughed. Oh, God, how can we continue our lives? Anyway, they left out of the original story that she declined any interviews and does not recall the incident. And then when Molly Hemingway shamed them for it, let me scroll to this. Ah, yes. When Molly shamed them for it, they updated the article with this editor's note. An earlier version of this article, which was adapted from a forthcoming book, did not include one element of the book's account regarding an <laughs> assertion by a Yale classmate that friends of Brett Kavanaugh pushed his penis into the hand of a female student at a drunken dorm party. The book reports that the female student declined to be interviewed, and friends say that she does not recall the incident. That information has been added to the article. 
like it's just ad detail that they left out as opposed to the detail that's going to change the way people look at the story. Right. Now, listen. And my- the authors of the book were the people that wrote the op-ed piece. They know what's in the book. They wrote the book. Right. They left that out of their piece. Right. Do you think that was an accident? It's just so transparently awful. Oh, it's terrible. The New York Times, what have you become? Uh, listen, because my hallmark is fairness, I'll point out, the allegation was this gal was hammered drunk, and somebody raped her, and she doesn't remember it. Okay. But there are witnesses, Put that and there in the is article. DNA evidence, and the rest of it. Well, that would explain how a victim of something wouldn't remember. Sure. That happens absolutely too often. Just because I don't remember it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but you can't leave that out of the article. On the other hand, at the center of this is a, bunk- a bunch of drunk college kids are hooting and hollering, and one guy dropped his pants, maybe... But the gal says, I don't remember that. And her friends say, that doesn't make any sense. And that's what we've been talking about and for days. And she didn't grant an interview to the New York Times. Right. So it's not like she's become so convinced over the years that she's trying to convince these authors right. that she believes it happened. She wouldn't give an interview to the New York Times. And the one guy, out of all the sources that are there, they're all unnamed, anonymous sources, the one guy that is named is a guy that's been battling Kavanaugh in legal circles for decades. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. They, the fact that they, well, well, I think you all understand it. Don't need to say it again. They didn't do, the New York Times did not run a news story to start back up this Kavanaugh story. They ran an opinion piece so that they didn't have to follow the normal journalistic rules of a news article. Right. They could put it in an opinion piece. And, it's, and, it, and it was enough for all the, all the not named Fox News shows yesterday to act like this was a really big deal. And all the major candidates to come forward and say that Kavanaugh needs to be impeached right. or resign. So, final note from Phil. A Supreme Court justice being called to resign or be yeah. impeached. It's a joke. It's just pandering. It's stupid. You better have a pretty nowhere. serious nailed down story if you're going to make those claims. Not anymore. Final note from Phil Kirpin, who's a writer who commented on uh, Molly Hemingway, uh, talking about the, the reporters who wrote this so-called book. The New York Times book is what happens when you search high and low for new smear material, but you come up empty, and you don't want to give the book advance back. Oof, that's yeah, pretty good. That is pretty good, and that's, that ends that discussion. Right. Tell you what, the next discussion could change history. Iran attacking Saudi Arabia, crushing their oil production by half. Saudis crazed with anger. The U.S. says we're locked and loaded. What happens next? Mike Lyons, our military analyst. Stay with us. clear that the Iranian regime is responsible for this attack on civilian areas and infrastructure vital, vital to our global energy supply, and we're not going to stand for that. Over the weekend, it would appear that Iran attacked Saudi Arabia's oil supply or their ability to, to uh, supply oil to the world. According to the Wall Street Journal, U.S. officials said yesterday there are strong indications the blasts were the result of cruise missile strikes launched from Iraq or Iran. You heard drones all weekend. They are cruise missiles 
intermediate-range ballistic missiles with the potential to fly more than 1,000 miles. Mike Lyons is a military analyst for CBS News who's covered uh, conflict all over the world and indeed uh, served in the United States Army uh, and joins us now. Mike, uh, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys. So great to be back with you. Listen, uh, we engage in hyperbole for fun, but during serious times, we like to have a grasp of, of you know, the seriousness of these things uh, for real. Mm-hmm. How, how big a deal is this attack on Saudi Arabia? Yeah, big because of the impact of it. It's drive, driven the price of oil now down to where it was back, uh, I think, levels of 1990 when uh, Desert uh, Shield Desert Storm started. Um, so it got the Iranian effect of impacting the market, which is what their goal is, to drive up the price of crude. So anything that they, they're exporting, because there's been the de facto uh, embargo on Iranian oil through most of the world, but what they can sell, they just want to get more for it. So it fits in with the Iranian strategy for what they did. Now, again, th- this is complex a military operation. I mean, to think that the Houthis have done this is, you know, beyond the pale. There's just no way they have any kind of capability to fly uh, literally anything 650, 700 miles from where they are to hit, um, to precisely hit an Aramco facility in Saudi Arabia. So, so clearly the U.S. has got to come on board really quick with um, this evidence that's coming from Iran to get uh, the whole world against them. What do you expect the re- response from Saudi Arabia to be, and will it include uh, us or... Uh, MBZ with the UAE, if you don't mind me throwing around all these letters, and Israel yeah. and whoever else. Yeah, I know. we got to stay out of this. I know the president tweeted about being locked and loaded. That that probably wasn't helpful. Um, this is somewhat, if you know, any kind of, let's say, kinetic response, if they're going to go that direction, we've, we've got to step back from that. I think that'll escalate things very quickly. I, but Saudi Arabia, though, is embarrassed today. You know, two key numbers, right? Six hundred or sixty, $68 billion is what they spend on defense, and 150 grand is what the cost of the drones were that uh, that took that uh, facility out for or degraded it the way it did so um you know this is a kind of new warfare with um the technology the battery technology with uh, the the gps technology that uh, the critical infrastructure has got to be careful for but but saudi arabia needs to do the same that the u.s share intelligence show where they think it came from it's going to probably show capability gaps in a lot of their uh, systems, and I think that's why they're going to be embarrassed, which is probably why they're holding back on it as well. Now, Mike, just to clarify, there are reports out today that they're cruise missiles. Do you think it was that's not correct? Or yeah, well, well so we're, we're, we're defining you know kind of what what a drone is versus a cruise missile, right? So drones are normally hover; they stay; they're more collection. They you know they're not necessarily used as, as a as a you know targeting facility, or they don't they don't fire. It, it, kind of depending where we're, we're kind of mixing. The, the vernaculars of both. Right. Cru- cruise missiles clearly, you know, fire, go, have deep range. Uh, we're trying to, you know, keep them in, under a treaty, all those kinds of things. Drones, you know, kind of stay on station. They, they're sur- used for surveillance. There's no way they were drones. These are clearly weapons. You can call them cruise missiles. The fact that they went that far, again, and having that GPS capability means that uh, they were likely more missiles than they were drones. We're talking with military analyst Mike Lyons, who we've talked to over the years and really appreciate his opinion on things. If uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran went to a, an actual war war, not a proxy war, but they're actually at war with each other, which, from what I understand from my reading, MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, and MBZ, the leader of the UAE, want... They want to take out Iran. Um, what are the um, uh, capabilities of each of these countries? I mean, who would come out on top on that? Are they fairly yeah. evenly matched? Well, pro- probably not. Um, and I'd say the first question is, where does that war take place? Uh, in the sky and what, what happens? And Because you've got a country that sits in between them, and that's Iraq. So in all likelihood, if there's anything that happens on the ground, it happens in Iraq, in the southern part of Iraq, which has been pro-Iran. 
Um, if the Iranians are able to marshal um, uh, Iraqi forces to go along with them, then things would escalate quickly because the Saudis would be looking for another partner themselves, the Jordanians perhaps, um, and you'd have full-scale you know, war, regional war, I guess you'd call it. It wouldn't be world war just yet. Uh, as well, uh, you know, the U.S. to get involved with that would be crazy because now if the United States gets involved, now you bring in Russia, you bring in China, you bring in all these other a- elements of it. So I think that um, th- that the Iranians would have the upper hand if they decided to do that based on the amount of resources they could get together in that region, plus the Saudis think that they would win uh, because they would just kind of fight an air war and they think deterrence would win it. I don't know if that's a good enough of a gamble to lose your country over. I wonder what a non-kinetic response would look like. Um, I mean, the sanctions are already pretty harsh. Might the, the world unite on a military, uh, a, a naval blockade of Iranian ports or anything like that? Of course, that would turn into shooting pretty quick. Yeah, and, and, and again, any kind of conflict there would upset the, the global markets and affect, you know, you have a worldwide recession likely if, um, if there was any kind of shooting war there because both Saudi and, and the Iranians would likely have to pale, you know, pare back on a lot of their production. Hopefully the United States could stay somewhat steeled from it based on having a more resilient economy now based on our energy, what we've done here the past uh, 10 or 15 years. So, but, but again, um, you, you look at that part of the world, there's, there's got to be a conflict at some point. The question is where it happens, how it happens. I still believe that the Iranians would try first cyber first or these kinds of things, attacking critical infrastructure, going after them first. Interesting. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Mike, thanks a million. Good to talk to you. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, interesting. So cyber attacks, anything but messing with the Persian Gulf. Fine with me. Interesting. Uh, uh, can I can I pretend it's the nineties real quick? Nuke them till they glow. <sighs> Turn the whole Middle East into a parking lot. Nuke that sand into glass. There that go. felt good. There's an article in the New York Times over the weekend that Iraq is facing a new adversary, crystal meth. They have a serious explosion of meth found its way into Iraq. And- wow, you got a miserable life. You don't have a lot of money. You get to tweaking. There you go. Oh boy. Also over the weekend came out the story that they think they've got a drug to deal with peanut allergies that will protect children. Wow. Instead of worrying every day that your kid comes in contact with a peanut, which might kill them, which has just got to be a stressful way to live, Mm. you can take these drugs that might have some side effects, but at least uh, for for a number of kids, you would take away the worry of dying from that sort of thing. Right, right. And speaking of drugs, one more drug-related story. During the award-winning Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast, um, which is available wherever podcasts are, armstrongandgetty.com or whatever, uh, let's see, Brennan writes, I uh, was listening to the One More Thing podcast. You guys were talking about huffing paint, glue, markers. Funny you should mention it because there's a product among the rave community called Boom Boom. You doing L- the Boom Boom? Look it up. It hey, won't bring disappoint. The boom boom? All right. Somebody Google it. Let's all learn together. What is Boom Boom? A drug or Brennan, a kind of... It's a kind of... He says product. Okay. A KHTP. Keep huffing that paint. Best regards, Brennan. I might be already doing the Boom Boom. Don't even know the cool name. I don't see you doing it. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but I doubt you're doing it. You look up the Urban Dictionary what the Boom Boom I, is? If it's, if it's horribly obscene, we'll just, uh, you know, um, em, uh, apologize. Is it better than Jenkum? Look that up. Fortunately, it's somewhat of a common phrase, so I need, it's going to take a little time okay. to figure out exactly what he's... Mm, mm, and I, this, I've heard toddlers refer to their bowel movements as Boom Boom, oh yeah. for instance. And this story I came across over the weekend. I didn't read the article. I just thought the headline was so good. 
Are you being kind to your butt? Butt skin care is definitely a thing now. <laughs> wow. Butt skin care. You know, I'd like to come to the party, but I need to exfoliate my bottom. I don't know. We got Boom Boom here. Oh, my butt can wait. I'm coming to the party <laughs> Let's to do a little out. Boom Boom. Please. Coming up in a little bit. We cheat history. That's right. All right, Senator. Coming up in a little bit, the Joe Biden rambling tape people are enjoying today. Oh, it's so good. I... I don't want to oversell it, but you can't it's oversell it. It's pretty good. The popcorn video, because uh, I've had people uh, texting me. Corn are pop. You, uh, corn pop. Are you guys going to... Corn pop was a bad dude. Well, are you yeah, guys, he was. Are you guys going to play the Biden corn pop video? We already have. We're going to again. It's very entertaining. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Coming up, confirmed the U.S. has killed bin Laden's son, Oxycontin giant Purdue's latest move, and Vice President Pence attacked by a champion horse. Coming up. <laughs> I saw this coming. <laughs> Nostradamus predicted this. I've seen the way horses look at Pence as he walks by, and I just knew something was brewing. So I've got my breakfast waiting for the commercials, because Marshall bought us breakfast because he had winning at the gambling table. Yes. And Sean p- finished third out of 100 in a poker tournament over the weekend. Mine was for charity. Marshall's is selfish. He'll gotten game. Just, I'm just saying. I also won quite a bit of money at poker myself. Really? And yeah, I really? just don't. I don't do touchdown dances, so I haven't brought it up. I did not gamble over because you can't dance, isn't it, Joe? Yes. I spent all weekend yes. doing the boom boom. <laughs> I didn't gamble at all. Junkie. So they've announced Emmy winners. I didn't know that's the way it worked. Uh, but I've got a couple of them that are kind of interesting, including the Nike Colin Kaepernick commercial just got awarded an Emmy. Of course it did. <sighs> All right. To tell you everything you need to know oh. about awards. Look how great we are. We gave this an Emmy because we think it's important. Uh, so, barring something completely insane, Donald J. Trump will be reelected president. I've become completely convinced of it. And in a related story, I've uh, come across the best comment about the Brett Kavanaugh railroad redux that happened over the weekend. Great comment from a from a guy uh, on the Twitter machine. Unfortunately, we'll all have to wait for the popcorn story from Uncle Joe Biden. Grandpa well, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, let's get to the news, and we'll have time for old Corn Pop. Yeah. Who's that rough guy? And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Awesome. It's a good story if you haven't heard it. <laughs> News now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, Keeping an eye on the Middle East, President Trump has authorized the release of U.S. strategic reserves should they be necessary to stabilize the markets following that weekend attack on Saudi Arabia's oil facility. The U.S. is blaming the attack on Iran. Iran is denying it. Over the weekend, though, uh, Trump was tweeting out the United States doesn't need Middle Eastern oil and gas, but that the U.S. will help our allies. So just kind of gearing up for that. Meanwhile, the president on Saturday confirmed that the U.S. has killed Hamza bin Laden. That's Osama bin Laden's son and heir in a counterterrorism operation in the Afghan-Pakistan region. Now, no- how about that? A son gets into the family business and we blow him up. That's too bad. No further details were given about the operation and it's still unclear exactly when, where, and how he was killed. This was all reported first in late July. It was believed that Bin Laden had been killed, but the White House didn't officially confirm it at that time. Of course, Bin Laden's got all sorts of kids, right? Next! That next one's thinking, oh boy, you know, I really, I just kind of want to teach math in high school. 
So we've nailed down what Boom Boom is. That, how did that come up on the show? Uh, a listener suggested that it's very hot in the rave scene right now, doing the Boom Boom. So it's a, it's a product that you inhale that's supposed to boost energy, enhance your breathing, provide a fresh cooling sensation. It's all natural ingredients. It's a real... This, this flavor is Tropical Rush. It has oh. the packaging that you see at gas station checkout lines. It does have it. Why does, why does everything you buy at the gas station have that look? Because you're appealing to people who are distracted and uh, attracted to bright colors. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And simpletons. Anyway, so apparently if you like really overdo this stuff, it's, a, it's an intoxicant, mm. I guess. And not uh-huh. good for you, dangerous. So Don't stay, do the boom Stay boom. away from the boom boom, kids. Meanwhile, OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma has filed for bankruptcy in a deal that would give its future profits to those suing it over the toll of opioids. But the filing doesn't mean that members of the Sackler family, which owns the company, are off the legal hook yet. Some states want to continue lawsuits against them and could push back in bankruptcy court. So this uh, drama continues and continues and continues. And Democratic presidential hopeful Beto O'Rourke dismissing criticism that his stance on gun control is playing into the hands of the NRA. The former Texas Congress... What, announcing a gun confiscation if you're president? (laughs) (laughs) The former Texas congressman telling uh, Meet the Press that priorities in Washington are all wrong. This just shows you how screwed up the priorities in Washington, D.C. are. As we told you before, O'Rourke said he planned to take away assault rifles from civilians as part of a nationwide buyback proposal in response to the spike in mass shootings. He was saying that during last Thursday's debate, and he repeated it again over the weekend. The only way to stop this is to stop selling them and to buy those weapons back where they exist. I don't know what he's angling for. Um, He might just be doing what he thinks is the right thing. There's no way you get elected president with a gun confiscation program. And uh, Lon He Chen said he's now done, Beto's now done in Texas. He'll never be anything in Texas either. Right. So right. I don't I don't know what he's angling for. Well, and I heard some lefty political consultants this morning saying he has just doubled the turnout among NRA members for the election. He has just handed the right an enormous gift because mm. you can't dismiss gun fo- confiscation talk as as the paranoid fantasies of of right wingers anymore. Right, you got a, a a major candidate. All right, I said Hell major. Yes, he's, I'm going to take your gun. He's a minor friggin' candidate and a joke and an embarrassment. But anyway, uh, you got a candidate saying, "Oh yeah, we're coming for him." Yeah, Here it comes. Everybody's guns are going to be taken and away. And nobody right. on the stage said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to make it clear I do not agree with Beto on taking people's guns away. Nobody did that on the stage. Nope. Um, so John Kerry attacked the vice president. We got this text. John Kerry attacked Vice President Pence. No, What's your story? No, no, no. That is, no, that is, is twist. Be, be better, tw- texters. Yeah. Yes. Be better. Raise your standards. <laughs> yes. What, Sarah Jessica Parker didn't want any of that? Oh, jeez. Please. Wow. That, 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 I know. I, I, I'm cool. just yeah. disappointed. Yeah. That's oh. the sort of stuff that we're trying to end. Yeah. Garbage. Come on, texters. All right. Here's the real deal. Vice President Mike Pence said he was bitten by Triple Crown winner American Pharaoh. Not by John Kerry. Would that it were. Would that it were. <laughs> happened. <laughs> happened during a visit to Kentucky in March. Pence was at a policy retreat for House Republicans in, in Baltimore Friday when he claimed the horse bit him in the arm so hard he nearly collapsed. Recapping our top story, the vice president was bitten by a horse six months ago. 
revealed only on Friday. Are you mocking the newscast? <laughs> I am right to his face in real time. And now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. <laughs> Recapping our story. Oh, it's funny. Oh, our top story. <laughs> So he was bitten so hard by the Triple Crown winner, he almost collapsed. Yes. Yes. Savage biting. If you've ever been bitten by a horse, it friggin' hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I have. You'd know it if you had. It's not something you'd forget. (laughs) Okay. Nay Uh, means nay. Right. Mm. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Funny coincidence, uh, Squawky. My uh, beloved daughter, Little D, was in Washington, D.C. this morning and saw Mike Pence's motorcade. Okay. It was unbeset by any horses. <laughs> Thank God. As far as she could tell. <laughs> there was the Triple Crown winner chasing his motor car down the street, oh, trying to get another boy. bite in. Uh, so, hey, very briefly, do we have, oh, we got the uh, corn they pop. they get to taste thing. a human, there's no turning back. <laughs> oh, exactly. They've tasted flesh. <laughs> so we've just lined up Molly Hemingway for next hour. We're going to talk to her. She wrote a great book. About the how the whole Kavanaugh mess, right? The railroad job and the hearings and the rest. And of that. she has a lot of comments on the new so-called revelations from the New York Times that happened over the weekend. So we'll get right. into that next hour for those of you who get the uh, the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Very briefly, uh, I was amongst uh, quite a number of friends this weekend, and there was a fair amount of politics talk. And this rings so true. This is a comment a guy made uh, on Molly Hemingway pointing out that this new Kavanaugh book is just phony. It's transparent. It's shameless. The New York Times ought to be ashamed of itself, the rest of it. But here's what he says. This Kavanaugh railroad job is the most politically clarifying event in my life. And it is why, as the New York Times seems intent on reminding us, I will crawl over broken glass to vote for a guy I don't particularly like next year. Nice job, mainstream media. I don't understand how you don't get that. I know. It's extraordinary. The number of guys I know and women I know who say, look, I'm not a great fan of Trump. I think he's a dope sometimes. Or the tweeting they'll bring up or whatever. I think he he, he screws himself all the time. But I tell you what, I can't wait to vote for him. I hear that all the time. Well, and and uh, Mayor Pete basically said everybody who votes who supports Trump is a racist, being right. called a racist. Right. Looking at these made up stories that come out now and then. I, I've never seen a time in American politics when, in this case, the left is working so hard to elect the other guy. Well, I don't think they are, but oh, they are, man, they are. <sighs> So, more on that. We'll have plenty more on that over the next however many days it is till the election. If we don't have the hell beat out of us by corn pop. So, a great rambling old man Joe Biden story coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So this guy, the lead singer of the Cars back in the day, died over the weekend. Sort of playing lots of Cars music for you. It's either a birthday or a death day if we're playing your music on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And unfortunately, this time he has passed. 
Um, so it is my belief from uh, since Thursday night that it's uh, Joe Biden's uh, nomination to win or lose based on whether or not he's got his act together. That is mentally. Gonna be, that is going to be the focus from everybody, comedically, politically, everything from here on out. Signs that he's losing it. Is Biden senile? That right. is the question before us. And the other candidates are now openly bringing it up. Uh, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. They're, they're being more subtle about it than, you know, I was just then. But that's the topic. Or uh, Castro was on Thursday night. Yeah, that was Which doomed news. him. Oh, oh my terrible. God. Everybody on the left killed him on that. Yep. Everybody on the left. Yep. Um, so, you know, what's interesting about that is that might give the, the fact that he was so roundly criticized. And so, I mean, I mean he was called, uh, it was, he should be disqualified from the contest mm-hmm. by Rahm Emanuel and, and others in the, in the Obama orbit. Um, if that's going to make the other candidates a little hesitant to take on Biden, realizing if you go too far, you really get the backlash. Yeah. Although I don't think you'd have to be a great uh, rhetorician, uh, argument maker, to say Julian Castro was way out of line the other night. I mean, that was just unfair. It was mean. I'm not sure what he was thinking. Joe Biden, like a lot of senior Americans, has seen some of his faculties decline. But that doesn't mean we can mock him. You know, just please. The way Cory Booker did it on CNN the other night, I thought was completely fair. We all we all stand there and listen to Joe sometimes when his stories, um, you know, they're a little hard to follow, and we just wonder if he's the guy that can get the ball across the finish line. Well played. That was perfectly legitimate criticism. Yeah. Yep. Um, On the other hand, the man who bested corn pop is the man for me. So this is Joe Biden giving a speech somewhere, talking about how you, you really need the setup, or you have no idea what's going on. He's talking about when he was a um, lifeguard at a pool. In high school, I Because he's at that pool rededication or something or other, and he's making a speech. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area, and I was one of the guards, and there were a lot of, it was a three-meter board. And you fell off sideways, you landed on the, damp, uh, the darn cement over there. <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did, and back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. Okay, hold on a second. So yeah. this, this is Joe Biden, similar to talking about the record player the other night, bringing up pomade and swimming caps. <laughs> wow, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, and, what era is that where people wear swimming caps? <laughs> and, and this next section, cool guys. as you hear it, you're going to think, Wait a minute, I don't get that. Yeah, that's right, you don't get it, and you won't get it for a while. You had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. There's a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f- f- filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out. 
with that chain. Okay, so hold on here. Whoa, <laughs> so, hey, what? what? So, so, so the pool maintenance guy gets him six feet of chain <laughs> you for, for his fight with Corn Pop. They're out there with the knives. You better be ready to chain whoop them. Here's a chain. You just whip them with this chain. Now, Joe Biden did have a rougher uh, childhood than, than I had by far, but I've never had any, you know, I'm kind of having a dust up with this person. I don't know how it's going to go. Here's a chain. Go get him with the chain. Let me get you about six feet of this here chain. Oh, my God. <laughs> here we go. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with yeah, the chain. Go ahead and pause it. You notice children's voices. <laughs> They're in the background and the murmur as the parents are trying to get their children to understand the uh, the plot points of this <laughs> straight razor versus chain fight that's about to take place. Uncle Joe. At the community pool. At the community pool. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Chain around your head. I said, you kidding me. He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, they, those days, you used to remember the straight race. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel. No, I don't remember Get them that. rusty. The rain barrel? And I looked at them, <laughs> but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you. Esther Williams, I apologize for that. Okay, all right. So now we get the Esther jab. He was mocking the guy's bathing cap because prominent Olympic star turned movie actress Esther Williams. In the 40s, I think. Would frequently be sporting a a flowered bathing cap. All her movies involved her swimming around in formation with other women. Right. Synchronized swimming. used to hate when those movies would come on. I could watch them over and over again. (laughs) But so, so Joe Biden makes an, a reference in this story to Esther Williams' rain barrels. You know how they used to take straight razors and set them on the rain barrel to rust? I don't know that. I don't know how that That's a be. tough That's, hood, man. Yeah, and uh, and it so, sounds a little old-timey old to me. So it's not good enough to slice somebody open. you got to, like, infect it as well? So he That's walked out, of it, out there with a six-foot length of chain? Right. And was like, hey! I'm sorry about calling Yester Williams. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's get back to the plot development. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, "You apologize to me." I said, "I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said." He said, "Okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again." That's a and great story. That's how I avoided getting Woo! to a because I should grab that mother of a chain around his head and rip his head right off his neck to the blood squirted out of it. I swear to God, I didn't do it. But anyway, it's great to be here at the rededication of the city pool. And that's how I avoided a fight to the death. Between chains and rusty straight razors. Old Corn Pop, who was a bad dude. <laughs> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> oh if you God. go to JoeBiden2020.com, you too can buy your very own apology chain with the Joe Biden seal of approval. Look at that. Oh, this is God. Biden 2020 right on the chain. Jeez. Hey, Esther. <laughs> But that, that's a guy who grew up a little tougher than I did that yeah. so nonchalantly tells about the time he almost ended up in a chain straight razor fight. Right. What are the stories oh, with Gorn Top yeah, outside exactly. the pool? Exactly. Yeah. What are the stories you've kept to yourself because they're kind of heavy? 
<laughs> and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Nice, nice story in front of the kids there. Hey, Polly Walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's it. Okay, so uh, crazy, ill-advised story. Couple of serious old man references, but forgivable. Little rambly, and, and and everybody's sitting around thinking, "What in the hell is he talking about?" It's not a great look. It's not as good. Oh, that's right. It's a good I asked story. The, I asked for the Venezuela record player racism speech from the other night. Maybe we can get that on for the next award winning hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get that, if not, grab Have the you podcast seen it later. In print. Because no, I, I got no. a copy of it in print. No, it's it's worth reading. It the, the words. It, it really stands out as. And, and a lot of people have pointed out. Trump haters have pointed this out on the text line. And you you put a lot of Trump's uh, speeches in in print or or, or or answers or whatever, and they're pretty rambling. Also, oh yeah, absolutely Although fair. The, the, the thread usually holds together better than the whole Venezuela record player thing. Um, that was something, especially given the context. Gosh, hey, hey Esther. We weren't talking about South American record players. I want more Joe Biden gang fight stories. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Holy cow. Another pleasant day at the city pool. <laughs> <laughs>